what a shoot cast uh, after a week's uh, leave from all of us. We're back on deck. We've got a review rounds four and five. Join me on the podcast as always. Andrew Swain from Stan Sport. Welcome, Swainy. How was the week away in New Zealand? Uh, it was fantastic to get a couple of days away. I will say this, though. have copped a lot of heat on the old Twitter and Facebook and socials from people asking where the heck Shootcast was. So there is some demand out there for, for our, our gibbering fellas. Yes, I've got a couple of pieces of hate mail. Generally on Twitter. I think all the rugby dorks congregate on Twitter. So... Uh... <laughs> That's okay. We're shout back. out to your nerds, your rugby nerds out there. Yeah, shout out to all the nerds out there. Um, also on the line, of course, is Mark Cashman from Rugby News. Hello, Casho. G'day, boys. Um, listen, I, I, in some ways, uh, someone could think that it was strategic that uh, that I wasn't on last week, and uh, it's also strategic that I'm back on this week. Norths lose last week. And this week, Manly lose. So, you know, go figure. Well, that's a very interesting observation, Casho, because I looked at all the results this week. How's this? Round four, Gordon win. Round five, Gordon lose. Round four, Manly win. Round five, Manly lose. Round four, Norse lose. Round five, Norse win. Round four, South win. Round five, South lose. Round four... Rats lose. Round five, rats win. Round four, two blues win. Round five, two blues lose. Round four, uni win. Round five, round four, uni lose. Round five, uni win. The only teams that had consecutive results were Hunter with two wins and East with two losses. That's just the competition we're in, Swaney. Oh, unbelievable, Burjo. That is very good from you to do that. That type of sleuth work um, is very good. And, yeah, it, I didn't actually think of it that way. That is quite remarkable, that uh, that run of results. Just bizarre. But, um, anyway, that's just the nature of the competition this year, Kasha. Yeah, it certainly is. And, uh, you know, the, the fact that uh, the wildfires win, win, win a few on the trot and all of a sudden they're sitting up uh, – Sitting pretty up there um, in those, uh, you know, top of the mountain almost. A long way to go yet, but uh, I think they're showing, uh, particularly the way they grafted that win over the two blues, that uh, there's something happening up that way under Bubba Coleman. Yeah, they're definitely a team to talk about. We'll get to that in a moment. Uh, before we do, I got a super rugby experience on Friday night. I got invited out uh, to a corporate box out there at the uh, the new stadium. I took the ferry over. I jumped on a light rail, went to the rugby, had a wonderful night, had a few beers in Paddington. Waratahs got up. That was the kind of classic Waratahs fans night, isn't it, Swaney? Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm sure did you wear your RM boots and your popped collar? No RMs. I'm not from the North Shore variety, more the Northern Beach. I had Connie's and uh, jeans and uh, a shirt, but um, no less uh, frivolous in my activities uh, in the um, inner, inner city there, mate. It was it was tremendous. So I sent DC a message that went through to the keeper and said, good luck, boss. Sent a video of him actually sitting in the stands. It got back to me yesterday. But, um, yeah, it was good to see the Tars register a much-needed win there, Kasha. Yeah, they they certainly needed that one, and they they left it to quite late. And uh, yeah, you know their form unfortunately has been uh, has been a bit like uh, a lot of the Shoot Shield clubs, hasn't it? Uh, yeah. 
win one, lose one, win one, lose one. So that's uh, that's the way it was. But uh, absolutely great to see Michael Hooper uh, stepping up. Uh, mm. Amongst the, the things that he did, there was a fantastic uh, is it fifty twenty two that he uh, that, that he came up with that uh, gave uh, gave the Waratahs some momentum, and he was. He was certainly involved in some vigorous uh, ball carry in in that final minute that saw Mahi Vailanu uh, go over and score that winning try. Yeah, I was um, getting the light rail into the game and a few Northern Beaches dads uh, asked me about Michael's form and said, oh, is it time for a freshen up for the Wallabies? I said, oh, let's just see how he goes tonight before we cast any judgment. And then after the match, like, yeah, he's probably still the best, isn't he? I'm like, yeah, pretty much so, I think, Swaney. He's still... Still his jersey to lose Wallabies, I think. I, I could not agree more. And he was absolutely fantastic against the Highlanders. And it sets up a tasty clash this week uh, up in Townsville, which, um, you know, up in the heat, up in mm. far north Queensland, the tropics, it'll be a hot battle between he and Fraser McRide, I reckon, yep. at, the, uh, at the breakdown. Really looking forward to that one. Yeah, the other breakaway I think is emerging is Brad Wilkin, who we know well um, in the shoot shield. I did get a um, a glimpse of the game across the ditch. Um, couldn't take my eyes off a Chiefs Crusaders one. That was a uh, Hall of Famer in the New Zealand five thirty time slots almanac of games, which is quite the uh, quite the encyclopedia, isn't it? Oh yeah, and you can't you, you know that that is. Always the five o'clock game is always an absolute belter, isn't it? And yeah, that was like just test match quality, wasn't it? In so terms good. of intensity, in terms of skill level, in terms of um, brutality, um, that game had it all. And that Chiefs team, uh, they're flying now. They're, they're what unbeaten. About the, what about the form of DMAC, Damien McKenzie? He's, oh um, yeah, and just stri- re-signed as well, um, mm. sticking with. Um, Sticking with New Zealand rugby and the Chiefs, so uh, yeah, yep. that's um, you know a, a bit of a dagger for for Aussie fans, I reckon. With D Max sticking around, he's he's an absolute freak, and they're just playing so well. Um, and you know, with Razor leaving the Crusaders to go to the All Blacks, that's uh, pretty ominous as well. I reckon he's a he's a you know just an amazing coach, and. Yep. Um, yeah, it's it's the the I think Kiwi rugby was you know maybe a year ago we were talking about you know the the um, decline of New Zealand rugby, but I think it's turned that corner again. It doesn't decline much; it goes straight back up to the stratosphere. It's interesting too that uh, uh, the uh, the All Black coaching assistant appointments uh, left a couple of holes in the uh, in the franchises there at the Blues. With Leon McDonald and uh, Jason Holland from the uh, from the Hurricanes uh, joining the, uh, the the All Black group under um, you know the, uh, the the Razor Gang, so, so to speak. So it'll be interesting to see how how that sort of plays out in the early part of uh, next year. But uh, the production line there, as you guys said, is just uh, absolutely unbelievable. And the, you know the, the fact that a guy like Dame Dmax uh, sticking around, you know, that says something about the the lure of, uh, of playing on and playing under Scott Robson. What do you make of Swaney, um, Hamish McLennan, uh, floating a few potential rule changes in terms of more of an open uh, transfer market or, or a draft? Um, I feel like before you shoot off on it, I, th- I feel like it could be a good thing. The one thing I think that's been missing, and a lot of people will say that 
maybe aren't as invested in rugby as us from the outside will say the comp's a bit stale. And, you know, for so long, historically, the competition's been run by the Sanzar body. Now we've got a bit more control of it. And I think if we can tweak things with a bit more regularity and, and, and you know, try and adjust things to, to the market would, would be a good thing potentially. Yeah, I totally agree. And, you know, there was talk about this sort of situation maybe a couple of years ago as we were emerging back from COVID and, you know, how, um, you know, how, how we attack this provincial rugby again. And, yep. and there's got to be some sort of evolution somewhere yep. because you're right, like everyone sort of is talking about it at the moment and how of how it's just grown a little bit stale and there's flaws in the way that the competition's structured. Um, yep. I think that could inject some massive interest, and you know, you you want your best players, um, you know, spread out across the competition. You want to create a bit of, um, you know, uh, you want to turn these franchises as, as well into global brands. And if you've got superstars from New Zealand playing for the Queensland Reds, for example, um, you know, say say someone like Richie Moonga comes and plays for the Queensland Reds. People are going to watch, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm open to discussion around that. I also do like the traditional um, side of rugby and in, in how that they, you know, they, they stick to their traditions and how. But that, that's, I think, you know, that's that's a thing of the past. Um, yeah. You know, the, there's no loyalty anymore. I don't think now. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm all for it. It's looming. Also, is this is the private equity question? You know, you. You know, like uh, I, I think Hamish McLennan as chairman has done a fantastic job in in making Rugby Australia and, and the game here, particularly with the involvement of Eddie Jones. It's a lot more sexy than it was, say, 18 months ago. And, uh, you know, there are investors out there who are willing to uh, tip some money in and that can only be good for it. And uh, making uh, making Super Rugby a bit more super, I think, is uh, a super idea. Well, that's it. I, mean, I think, like, Peter Vlandis non-stop talking all all the time, you know, um, McLaughlin in the AFL, you know, they've got such tight control over their competition. They can listen to the fans. They know their salary cap. They know what rule variations they can make. Rugby league can make a rule variation within a couple of weeks. They tweak their game, um, you know, and I'm, I'm not a huge league guy. I'll watch league, but, you know, some of the, the product they've delivered in terms of ball in play and, how fast it is, is is quite frightening. So I think the more control we can get over our competition, regardless of, you know, the fact that we've got to play a world game, which is also another issue, but yeah. can, can only be a good thing, I reckon, Swaney. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's a really good point you make. We actually don't have control over no. the world game and the laws yeah. and things like that. We, we, you know, we can control them in little ways, but yeah. one thing we can control is the structure of our competition. So yep. why not? maximize that to the best of its ability and then um you know we can still you know influence the world game um but you know we we can take total control of the competition we're playing in and yeah. make that the best product it can be look we'll get onto the shoot shield because we could talk about that uh, stuff all day but um some good developments there I don't know where to bloody start, boys. We've missed two rounds because um, Swaney's been away at a wedding. Casho was a bit grumpy last week, so I didn't want to do a solo pod, and I was a bit busy. So um, I did see Casho in the flesh a um, couple of weeks ago, Swaney, down at Anley Oval. Um, you know, our good podcast, mate. It's always nice to see you guys as actual humans, not just on the end of a, uh, a laptop screen. 
But um, Kasia and I had a, had a I, I actually brought him a beer down from the uh, sponsors area and um, I was in a pretty good mood because the Marlins took all grades and then ended up taking the first grade. It was a good game down there at the Village Green Casho. Yeah, 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 certainly was. And I think um, uh, Norse probably uh, moved the ball around quite uh, uh, quite freely in the, in, in the opening bits and then, uh, and, and then the Marlins decided that uh, they probably need to um, slow the game down a bit go yeah. ahead, uh, uh, set piece to set piece and uh, take advantage of some of the bigger boppers in the, in, in their back line and in, in their second row. And they uh, they actually knocked Norths um, off, off off kilter a bit. And uh, it, it was a pretty good showing, actually, that uh, that number 12 in the centres has, has sort of done uh, done very well, scored uh, scored an important try just after the break. Norths rattled home but uh, couldn't couldn't quite get, uh, get home at Manly Oval. But... Uh, the best team, I think, uh, won on the day. Yeah, definitely on the day. I, this is, I, I think, I really feel like until Super's over and teams can get a bit more consistency, and you know, it was the same competition last year, but it's just going to be that competition. I, I can't see how isn't it? It must frustrate coaches, Swaney, that are looking to just build and just get you know three, four, five, six wins on a trot, but. You know, it just, just seems to be such a pendulum. It's, it must be hard being a coach in this competition. Oh, yeah. You, you, yeah. God, I, I would hate to be one of the coaches in this competition. Mm. Um, just It's just so inconsistent. And, you know, one thing that coaches call for is consistency, don't they? That's, yep. that's all they want. Um, yeah, I, I would hate to be any coach for any of these teams because it would just be hard work. Yeah, I, I think, boys, what we're finding, and you can see that right throughout the competition, the teams that have uh, experienced shoot shielders there, you know, examples probably Norse is probably the best example there. Yep. You know, they've got guys like Harry Bury in the centres. Nathan Russell uh, uh, was called up to play uh, outside centre. Uh, Jude Gibbs is a, is a very talented uh, footballer. Brody Lever comes in when when there's an injury in in the back row, and you know there's there's just that just that continuity there, and you know the sides that have been uh, win loss win loss win loss, they're the ones with uh, with uh, you know fresh faces there. Well, that's right, and I was talking to another coach about it this week about why maybe the you know last few years have just been so unpredictable, um, and you know I remember when you know. Uh, watching first grade a lot when I was playing. And, and Eastwood, you know, they always had Hugh Roach, uh, Hugh Perrett, Jai Ayu, Ben Batcher, and they were just – and Michael McDougall just consistently had the, the best – the, well, the, well, the bus, yeah, but the, those guys particularly, just consistent first graders that were the best players that weren't super rugby's week in, week out, and they were always – you know, cohesively the best side. And as you say, there's a, there's a smattering at Norse. You know, there's a little smattering at Gordon, I think, when McGregor and um, and Goddard are playing in the halves. Um, but until, you know, Super Rugby's over, it's just going to be tit for tat. But maybe we're best attacking this by talking about those two sides. Obviously, um, I've watched Manly very closely. They had, had a good day out against Norse, played very well. Um, had a disappointing day against West Harbour. I sort of was talking to the Marlins coach, Chris Deleuze, and I said West is going to be a very, very tough game because historically Manly struggles to go to West. I don't know what it is culturally, but we do. The Beaches boys don't like going out to Concord, and um, typically it was a tough day. 
game that could have gone either way, but um, it didn't. Um, uh, the, the, probably the standout guy for Manly so far has been Zach Barnabas. He's an absolute turnover machine, Swanee. Something that, and I've talked about him on the last pod, but every week he's um, he's pulling in five, six turnovers, and you know he. he He'd be a good shout for Rookie of the Year, but if he keeps going, he, he might, might be even better than that. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he had a very good game against Norse, two two yeah. tries from uh, from the rolling mall, and he was he looked pretty effective from the highlights that uh, that I saw. And uh, working yeah. off Hunter Ward, I think uh, I think it's a pretty good combination. You got a you yeah. got a pretty good back row happening there. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But he's just got a he's got a knack for it. And 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 look, Norse. Um, you know, you can't expect them to win all the time. They're still pretty much just behind Hunter in second place and, and very consistent and were certainly in that Manly game right up to their eyeballs. But a uh, a much more favourable day on the weekend, Casho, winning the derby, a good day at North Sydney Oval. Yeah, 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 certainly was. Uh, yeah, North, uh, North getting up 23, uh, Gordon, uh, 17. But uh, it was uh, North fiddled around with selections, not fiddled around, but uh, changed their starting hooker having Sam Kitchen on because I think they wanted to solidify their line out a wee bit and brought James Margan on uh, mm. on late because uh, because they wanted their line out to work. They wanted to play a bit of field position. There was there's, uh, still a bit of a chip on the shoulder at Norse about that uh, preliminary final loss to Gordon yep. last year because uh, Gordon Gordon bashed Norse up in in that particular game and uh, you know guys like Tristan Fully and uh, varying others there uh, had a, had a field day there and uh, they got their way through to the uh, through the uh, through the grand final but uh, uh, Margan as as I said came on and uh, and scored an absolutely spectacular try from the uh, from, from from the front of the line out. Uh, yeah. doing a combo with Saxon Gillies and uh, made his way over to uh, push the score out at that stage with uh, probably a couple of minutes left to 23-10. But uh, Gordon, uh, Gordon, uh, Gordon scored late to um, you know get back uh, back back in the picture and uh, and get a, a a bonus point out of it. But it was it was just one of those games. It was a great game of footy played between two teams that I think are going to contend uh, later this year. Yeah, it's been the emergence of the uh, North Shore sides for about the last four years. Have probably taken the mantle from those beaches side and pushed mm. their way up the table a bit, Swain. Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, the North's just defensively are so organised and and were so strong uh, on the weekend. You know, it's good to have Max Bury back from the force as well for them, really. Yeah, and then um, you know, I think I feel like you, you mentioned his name before. I feel like. Gordon probably missed McGregor and no Ben Pollack as well. I think no, no been, Goddard either, and no Goddard. So that's that's three big names for Huge. them that they were missing yeah. on the weekend. So you know to still be in in with a ch- a shot of you know winning that game, you know less than a converted try. Uh, margin at the end is pretty good for Gordon, and I reckon they'd be licking their lips for the return fixture in a few weeks' time. Um, you know, I, I reckon. Now, just talking to a couple of Gordon guys um, earlier in the week, um, they reckon they probably didn't uh, lose to Norse. They lost to themselves, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah the, uh, the the other guy who I thought was very good in the Gordon centres was Barry Correa. I thought he, he carried the ball really strongly, as did their number eight, Basson. And uh, 
of course, that uh, that Tristan Foley's uh, a very classy number three, so uh, scored uh, scored a try at one stage. And listen, their uh, their pack is very big, very aggressive, and uh, yeah, they're, uh, they're they're going places. I reckon. Yeah, they um they blew away Eastwood uh, in the game prior to that. Uh, Gordon big win at home, forty five. Woods twenty eight. The Woods have had a bit of a bumbling start so far, but they got back into the winners' circle on the weekend. Casher against Southern Districts. Yeah, yeah, it was two tries in the second half by uh, by Michael Isley, who um, who just earlier this uh, this month, uh, uh, yeah. earlier last month, um, made his Super Rugby debut. So uh, great to see him uh, coming back and uh, and uh, sort of like showing the way there. But it, it was it was more a uh, uh, an arm wrestle this game than uh, than the actual score suggests. You know, Eastwood only you know got uh, got out of touch uh, late. There was some there was some good work there from uh, uh, from uh, the Southern District boys. Will Thomas, their uh, their Welsh number ten, uh, continues to play well. And the, you know they've, they've got that uh, that grafting pack that uh, is always going to give you uh, give you give you some pay at uh, at some particular stage, but. Uh, yeah, those two tries in the second half from Isley, I think, uh, dare I say, iced it for the, for the Woody. So good to see them back on track. Yeah, he's um, been one of the better players uh, for many years in the competition, Isley. So it's good to see him get his uh, Waratahs opportunity. Um, Southern Districts still seem like a bit of a work in progress, I guess, this year, Swaney. They um, obviously uh, had a good win, though, against Rats uh, the week prior at Foreshaw. But, um, yeah, I think uh, still working their way into the season. Yeah, I think so. Two wins, um, you know, out of five matches so far. Um, you know, still, you look at Souths and, and the Rats, you know, they're sitting, you know, second last and last on the ladder, but they're only a bonus yeah. point way, win away from... They're a win away. Yeah, yeah, they're a bonus point win away from being in the six. So <laughs> that's that's just that's just how close this competition is. You know, even five rounds in or six rounds in. So, um, yeah... I, you're right. They're they're not the finished product yet, the the um, rebels. But I reckon um, you know pick up a couple of wins. That they're a momentum team. They always have been, haven't they? Yep. They get a couple of wins on the trot, and then they yep. they become really hard to beat. Um, so they yeah, I think if they can back it up uh, next week, um, you know against uh, who have they got next week? They've got the two blues, right? That's a winnable game for them. Yep. Um, you know, that's, I think. That's I don't know. Is anything a winnable game this year? <laughs> yeah, well, that's right. It's, anything's a winnable game. Yeah, I know. It's just, just crazy. But, um, yeah, I did mention their last week opponent, um, the Rats. Um, please report. Maybe not please report as a Marlins fan. They have registered their first win of the season, Casho. A big win at home uh, against the Beasties. Rats 15, Eastern Suburbs 13. Um Few smiles on the face of a couple of hillbillies up there, mate. Oh, listen, I'm uh, I'm, I'm sure it brought a, a smile to their face, and I'm sure it brought a couple of beers to uh, their face as well up there uh, on on the hill. But uh, mm-hmm. fifteen thirteen to uh, to the rats at Rat Park, first win of twenty twenty three. It's uh, it, it's it's been a long time coming, and uh, yeah, um, uh, Ben Ma moving to uh, number ten. That you know as as uh, I'm, I'm one to bat on about here is uh, you need your best player to have the, his, uh, the ball in his hands as often as possible. And that probably uh, told the story of the match. Uh, 
uh, Eastie, the Beasties, uh, you know, down a couple with uh, Jack Bowen and Teddy Wilson and a, and a couple of the other East boys uh, at, at the Australian Under-20 camp uh, yep. over the weekend. But, uh, you know, the, the Rats were able to uh, to graph that one out and uh, good luck to them. Yeah, a player like Ben Maher adds a huge amount at this level, doesn't it, Swain? Absolutely. And you can just see he's come back from that professional Aussie 7 setup with, yep. you know, he... He was a very skillful player before he went. He's just yeah. added a, a bit of a coat of polish to his game, hasn't he? Um, yes. To really look like, and they looked desperate, didn't they? Uh, the Rats in that game, they looked uh, they looked like they really they, they were desperate to put it in a performance at home in front of the Hillbillies, yeah. and uh, you know Ben Maher did that. Um, you know Beasties, I, I said it. I think I said it a couple of weeks ago, maybe on the last pod, but they're a different team without Teddy Wilson and Jack Bowen, aren't they? Yeah, I think any of the, the, the teams are without their stars. Um, I go back a long way with Ben Maher. His father's my godfather, and uh, I used to uh, I used to rent a place down the road from me in Manly, and we used to go to the park, and he used to wear the full kit Cristiano Ronaldo as a six-year-old, and um, we <laughs> hit the soccer ball against the tree every afternoon, and him and I used to give each other grief, and we still do on Messenger every now and again, so... Uh, him and I will be sharing a beer after the derby next week, I'm sure, because uh, Raddies will be Raddies will be wanting to uh, get a bit of momentum as they head into that one, Casho. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, certainly. And uh, you know, ha- having having they're a lot more settled in the pack, I think. Uh, Andrew yeah. Davies, Sam Sam Thompson is a, is a big in for the Rats. Uh, Sateki Latu, who's had some experience a bit further up, uh, you know, he he obviously adds. Uh, Adds adds to the uh, to the mix there, and uh, East, uh, you know, they're a very young side playing a playing a, a, a new style of footy, and you know they probably just probably didn't have that brilliance that they've had with uh, Wilson and Bowen and, and and others there in the, in the first month of the competition. Yeah, East have been a funny one. They oh, feel like that Manly game was a bit of a fork in the road for them for the last couple of weeks because. You know, I lamented their decision not to take the points at Manly Oval to, to secure the draw, and they went for the win and didn't get it. And um, oh, it's been a bit of a stiff learning curve for the Beasties. They got trounced in the derby by Ramwick at Coogee, and you know they had to go to Rat Park, which is never easy to be honest. Even for a young side, it's it's quite a cauldron up there. So, still a bit of a baptism of fire for the, for the Beasties, Swaney. But as you say, mate, uh, they're only. God, three points off the top six, one point off the top six. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, crazy. Oh, it's tight. It's tight. So yeah, not panic stations for anyone just yet. No, no, definitely not. Um, plenty of work for the Easties to uh, get through, and they won't be far away, I'm sure. Um, Parramatta registered their first win in uh, round four. Uh, they beat Sydney University. That's a bit of a watershed victory for the for the two Blues at the Tweedale Casho. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very. Well, they did it last year, though, didn't they? Yeah, they beat uni last year. Yeah, yeah. they did. Oh, at uni, at uni. Yeah, they've done the double. Yeah, yeah. It was um, it was uh, the thirty three seventeen win that uh, they sort of came up uh, themed yeah. in and around uh, Anzac Day and all, all that sort of stuff. And uh, they had um, they had a, an army colonel. 
David Wilkins, who's um, Phil Wilkins of the Sydney Morning Herald fames. Oh, yep. A brother who uh, who did the jersey presentation. So uh, uh, I, I think they might in, invite him back after after that sort of performance. They uh, mm. they they were very confrontational up front in the, in in that particular game and took their chances. So uh, yeah, good luck to the to the two Blues um, on, on on that particular front. And uh, it's it's one of those things that. Uh, Footy clubs gain momentum from uh, from victories like that, and uh, hopefully, uh, you know, after the blip that they've had against the the wildfires on the weekend, that they uh, continue on their way. They've got a new GM in place in uh, Dan Gurr, I think his name is. Yep, and uh, taking over from Christian Burden, but uh, things seem to be humming along quite nicely there. You, you now, at, sorry, I was just going to add to that, um, Burjo, that. You look at their four losses that they've had, two points, eight points, two points, one point. So they could easily be top four at the moment, the two Blues. Oh, mate, they're... Six bonus points as well they've got. They're they're ahead of two teams that have won two games more. They're just getting all the bonus points. Yeah, yeah. It's like they're they're not far away at all. I've heard that wise guy Fayane has left, which is a big, big blow. Uh, I'm not sure if that's 100% true, but I've just heard that along the grapevine. Yeah, I wouldn't be smarting in this competition if you're uh, ahead because you could easily not be the week after. Yeah, exactly. Exactly it's right. Absolutely um, nothing in it. T- talking one of those sides, University, who are five and three, or oh, sorry, three and two, um, but um, had a loss against the two Blues, but bounced back well at home against Ramwick Cashy. That was a a pretty tight affair that Uni seemed to control most of the match and uh, seemed to be ebbing towards their normal style of play in terms of strong scrum and breakdown. Yeah, it's um, it's the old Uni field position uh, grinded out, rolling mall, um, and then yeah. then just uh, bomb up the uh, the try line. That's that's pretty much the uh, you know the, the the story of the game. Early try to Savelli, who's uh, who's coming along sort of like uh, quite nicely, but uh, things um, things went into the break at seven all. So uh, and then Uni pushed ahead with a quite a nice try from Simon Kenilworth, who's who uh, after coming coming back to fifteens from uh, from the seven system has uh, showed some uh, some pretty good form. He has had some time in the reserve grade side there at Uni, hasn't been able to. To, uh, to crack a spot there, but he scored a very nice try. But uh, terrific that, uh, try, that, uh, yeah. Got them in, uh, in in a good position. But uh, you know, Ramwick, uh, Ramwick through um, uh, Flyhalf, Kobe Milne had a had a had a, had a lovely uh, a lovely touch with it with a kick to Christian Yasmin that levelled the score again. And then uh, and then at the end, replacement hooker Bryn Edwards uh, managed to uh, tweak his way over twenty one fourteen. It was still Still 15, 20 minutes to go, and uh, that's that's the way things uh, finished up there. A real, real arm wrestle, actually. So uh, good game of footy. Good game of footy. And um, Ramick, again, one of those sides that were fantastic the week prior and that Derby against East and um, had a tougher game against Uni. But I think they've shown so far in this competition, Swaney, they've got some excellent back rowers, some good halves, and, um, you know, the... Uh, Lebanese Lamborghini on the wing, mate. They could they could beat anyone on <laughs> Absolutely. their day. Absolutely. 
Scored a good try, didn't they? Um, yeah. You know, with the cross kick to the Lebanese Lamborghini. I yeah. love that. That's great. Yeah. Um, Luke Barry Dinellon, I think, is the caller who. Um, oh, did, is that his uh, name? Yeah, think, originally wasn't. I think he threw. I think he threw that out there. Well, I've heard him say it. Put it that way. So uh, <laughs> it's a it's a beauty. Um, yeah, I I think uh, yeah I think Randwick. You know, you look at uh, Houston. Like he was crestfallen at the end of that game. He literally left everything out on that field. Yeah, he? he's been awesome this year. He's a guy who is you know he's a, he's ready to take that next step if he if he can, yeah. uh, if he gets the opportunity. He's he's tough. He's big, um, and he's a guy who just empties the tank every time. Yeah, am I hearing it right? There's some rugby league interest in Houston as well. Yeah, I thought I did hear that last year. Was that last year that was floating around? Yeah, could have been. Yeah, yeah. And you know, it's 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 easy to understand why because uh, you know he's he's defensively very good, both uh, uh, front on and uh, you know in 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 covering situations and. I tell you what, he's uh, he bobs up all the time. Good, good in support and uh, carries carries really well. A couple of teams left to talk about. Got to talk about the Pirates, the revival under Cameron Trelaw, sitting in the top six in fifth spot with three wins and two losses. Um, they went down against Hunter, which is always a tough game up in Newcastle, but then had a big win against the Marlins. Um, shown so far, Casho, things are looking pretty bright out there. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's it's not too bad. They've got uh, they've they've got a a big uh, grumpy pack of forwards, which I'm sure Tree's very uh, very happy about. But this was uh, this was a classic game that uh, you know they uh, they just ground their way to it, and uh, I think uh, there's there's a bit more to this uh, West Harbour side than a lot of people appreciate. Uh, that uh, young number ten Hunter Hannaford, I think, is straightening their attack up for them uh, sort of quite nicely. And that's bringing some of those big bopper runners that they've got at 12, 13 and fullback and wings uh, in, in, into the play. And, uh, you know, they're, uh, they're, they're getting to um, defence to use the arms a bit much and uh, it's, uh, it's, it's having, uh, having an effect. But, uh, yeah, listen, this was, uh, this was a game where the lead changed, uh, changed a couple of times and it came down to a, a rolling mall where... Uh, it appeared like everybody in the West Harbour side, barring Cameron Trelaw, was involved in the rolling ball that got its way over, over the trot line with a couple of minutes to go. But uh, listen, good luck to them. As as, as they say, the the hoodoo the hoodoo lives on. So um, yeah, yeah, yeah uh, I'm very impressed with Hannaford. I believe he's still Colts eligible, but um, very very tidy player for his age and um, just sound in all departments. Kicks well, passes well. Um, kicks his goals, just very impressed with him. So I think that's the kind of player that the Pirates really needed. Um, they identified that um, more weakness. Manly's got some work to do because North scored a few driving balls against yeah. the Marlins too. So definitely a work on. Um, it's good to have work ons though, as they say. Yeah. And now let's talk about our uh, team of the comp so far. Has got to be the Wildfires. Hunter out in front. Played five, won four, um, 21 points so far. Just looking fantastic. And, you know, they snuck home um, against the two Blues, but a win out there, as they say, at the moment is a tough win. Very impressive, Swaney. 
Oh, extremely impressive. And, uh, you know, Bubba Coleman's got them humming at the moment, doesn't he? Um, yep. You know, the four seasons into um, being in the shoot shield and, and you know, they've definitely recruited well. I, f- I feel like, um, yep. you know, I feel like Alessana Pola, um, just at outside centre there, I think he's been coming off the bench a, a little bit, coming back from injury, but... Gosh, he, he just adds a, another dimension to them. Uh, Winchester at fly halves, uh, brilliant. And yeah, we speak about him every week. Um, but, yeah, the the, the seven, um, you know, he's, he's a gun as well. So, uh, yeah, they, they've just got the, the spine uh, at the moment and um, they're, they're all staying fit. And, uh, you know, they've got this the, the big angry pack, don't they? <laughs> A big, like their pack's enormous. It's got to be the biggest in the comp. Yeah, it's I, I agree. With their, uh, you know, the likes of Tuala, who's you know around 135 kegs, and he he flicks between uh, one, two, and three. But uh, the man you mentioned there earlier, Swaney, Donny, Donny Freeman. Well, how, how strong was his uh, was his carries uh, after contact? And I think that uh, that kept the wildfires in this game. Otherwise, I think. Uh, I think the two blues would have uh, really sort of run away with it. So uh, yeah, there's uh, there's a there's a bit happening up there at um, you know at uh, at Newcastle, and it's good to see, isn't it? Yeah, it's a it's a great news story for the competition. Plenty of uh, neutrals getting involved and um, wondering what's the story and how's it all happened and what's happening up there. And I've had fielded plenty of um, questions in regard to that. And obviously, you know, they'll say themselves it's still early days, but um, you know, it's hard to see them not featuring um, come the pointy end this year. Uh, they've been absolutely outstanding. They look well-coached, well-resourced, and with good players. So um, good luck to them, I think. As we cast our eyes to um, round six of the competition, we've got some excellent matches uh, this weekend, starting at Coogee. Ramick taking on the Marlins. Up at Rat Park, Ringer taking on the Wildfires. It's a big game for the Rats, who Really want to continue the momentum against the competition leaders um, and a good test for Hunter at one of the more difficult grounds in the shoot shield. Eastern Suburbs take on Uni. Bit of rivalry in that one, if you don't know. Um, don't know why, but um, seems to be a bit of cross-pollination between uh, ex-country slash private school slash cult slash God knows what, but um, plenty of disagreements at plenty of establishments all over Sydney between those two clubs. So that will be worth the price of admission alone. And, uh, get and it. Ladies' Day is worth the price of admission alone, apparently. Oh, at late, it's Ladies' Day over there, is it? Absolutely. Oh, I won't be at Coogee. I'll be at Wallara. But um, <laughs> <laughs> one of the better ladies' day. I will speak no more on that. Uh, Southern District's taking on the two blues down at South. Been interesting how that one gets on. West Harbour at home to the Stags, taking on Gordon. And Northern Suburbs at home to Eastwood. So plenty of games to sink your teeth into, Casho. Where so, will you be, mate? And that you... game that Norse are playing Eastwood is on the Sunday. So. Oh, it is too. I just noticed yeah. that. So, Burjo, once you've, once you've gone to 10 o'clock mass and done the reading, get mm-hmm. on up. Well, I'm actually doing the Manly Fun Run on Sunday, Casho. Uh, Going to give that a go. And, um... I'm going to start calling you Monas, Monaghetti. You, you're yeah, no. Monaghetti Burgeland. Yeah, it's the year of the fun run. Um, mate, I'll, I'll watch Norse and Eastwood on my couch as I cook a steak in the backyard, I think. You beauty. 
Yeah, sounds good to me. And Swaney, uh, mate, you got some official duties uh, over the weekend? Yeah, I'll be up in Townsville calling the Super W Grand Final between the Queensland Reds and Fijiana and Drew, the first season that the Waratahs won't feature Ooh, in the big dance. Big shock, that one, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, that was unbelievable. It was a couple of cracking games at Concord on the weekend. I don't know if you guys managed to catch them, but they were both just top quality. The, the competition, the Super W competition has... Just, it's absolutely, uh, the gap's closed between all the teams this year in a massive way. Um, and so that this will be a, this will be a really um, interesting grand final between the Reds and Fijiana and Drua on, uh, on Saturday afternoon. And Swaney, one of the things about women's rugby at this point in time is there's an announcement about a, a lot of world rugby money going in to set up the professional structures here in Australia. So, uh, it's, yeah. uh, it's great news all around. Yeah, I think we might even be looking at, you know, potentially a, you know, a trans-Tasman competition at some time soon as well. So um, that's exactly what women's rugby needs. It's uh, it's going from strength to strength, and um, I, I think you'll see it feature heavily uh, this coming weekend up in Townsville at Queensland Country Bank Stadium. We'll get to go and might, might jump into the – Duck into the mad cow afterwards for a bit of a, a, a North Queensland dessert wine. <laughs> you got me there, Swan. Was made uh, a bit of a sticky, eh? Yeah. Oh, you know, North Queensland dessert wine, rum and coke. Oh, rum and coke. Okay, sorry. I was going a bit more of a port or something. <laughs> bit, bit of a uh, bit of matured cheddar and some port. It's more cashews, uh, cashews style. Oh no, I've um, I've um, you haven't given up drinking by the uh, dessert wine once or twice, but uh, <laughs> steer clear. Beautiful. All right, gents, thank you for your time. We'll catch you next week. See you, boys. Hooroo.